It won't be me raining on a five-in-one road trip through Missouri. Good morning to you. Good Monday morning and happy Labor Day. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Pirates. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Penguins in the same place that you found this. Cardinals 6, Pirates 4 yesterday at Bush Stadium. Uh, ends the five-game winning streak. Ends the chance of a perfect six-game road trip. And Johan Oviedo did not pitch particularly well. Didn't really have answers afterward as to why that was the case when he was unbelievably awesome in his previous start, the one that opened the trip in Kansas City, just really couldn't command his fastball. And I'm I'm not here to say any of that is some sort of disappointment or adding on to this or that. Just a really, really good overall trip. Cool. Okay. So we can compartmentalize that now, right? Just take everything that I just said, even Oviedo, because he had a tremendous start to go with the the not so great one yesterday. Take all of that, put it in a box and shove it over into the corner and hear me out because the Brewers are in town today. 6.35 p.m. First pitch. PNC Park, I'll be over there covering it for DK Pittsburgh Sports. Three against the Brewers, and then they fly down south for three against Atlanta. As opposed to -to back-to-back series against last-place teams, it's going to be back-to-back series against first-place teams. And as opposed to focusing on which Josh Palacios or Thomas Hatch or Miguel Andujar, or any of these late 20s guys who don't really have most likely any future with the franchise, as opposed to those guys, let me try gently without raining on what just happened in Missouri to suggest that the stuff that really matters for the rest of this month beginning tonight, is how the younger players do, how the younger players contribute, how the younger players recover from injury. Like a Henry Davis, who on Saturday took batting practice at Bush Stadium, is swearing that he's going to come back at some point this season from that thumb injury. Like Andy Rodriguez, whose catching continues to apparently, I'm not exactly an expert on catching, get better. And his bat seems to be becoming more consistent than when he first came up. How about Leo Verpaguero, who had a terrific trip, taking absolutely nothing away from the trip, repeating yet again. Peguero looked like a foundational piece on that trip, did he not? Offensively, defensively, leadership-wise, how about the toughness he exhibited in bouncing back from what looked, frighteningly enough, like an injury at second base, to just keep right on playing and playing well? Carmen Mlodzinski, who's somebody that not a lot of people talk about, but this was a very high draft pick, who's made it to the big leagues in pretty short order, and has looked at times like he could be a very stout piece of that bullpen, a back-end type guy with all that stuff. He's back off an injury, and he 
would benefit, as would the Pirates in turn, from a nice month to finish off his rookie season. Let's remember, too, that Jack Sawinski is young. He's been around for a bit, most of two seasons, but he's still young. And my goodness, if there's anybody on the organizational roster who could use a really nice three, four-week finish, it's Jack. And I'm not even sure where to go as it relates to starting pitchers, which is why I saved them for last, because you're... What do you do? Bring Quinn Priester back up when you know he's got no fastball and he's going to get his brains beaten out? Or do you commit to either, you know, a new pitching coach, a new pitching philosophy that does not strip people of their fastballs and just work on it in the offseason? Do you tell Quinn, hey, listen, you made some progress this year. You made it to the majors. We're all done. Or... You know, do you bring him up and let him get his brains beaten out? I don't know. I don't know. But these are the directions that I want to see the Pirates taking and emphasizing, which is my gentle way of suggesting, stop with this Vinnie Capra nonsense. I understand when it comes to pitching that you're down to two starters, although that's somewhat by choice. And I understand that you've got to use a lot of different arms just to fill out the rest of the season. I don't understand Capra over Jared Triolo in a zillion years. I can't understand that. I can't understand the the thinking that's at the floor of that. I really can't. You've got a guy who you know is a never was and a never will be taking at bats when Triolo, who's Done. Wow. I can't believe I'm about to say this, but I'm going to. He's done as much or more than any young position player in the organization to earn big league at bats. And he was the one sent back. You think I'm exaggerating? Ten young players who've come up from AAA at some point this season. Out of those guys, only one of them has hit higher than 237, and that was Triolo at 270. And forgive me for getting a little crude with old-fashioned batting average, but sometimes it helps to hear it in the starkest possible terms. Stop that. Knock that off. Use this last month for something purposeful. Act at least as if there's a direction, as if there's an urgency that this management team wants to take. When we come back, J1Q. This portion of Daily Shot of Pirates is brought to you by our friends at North Shore Tavern that's directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. It's home of Steak on a Stone, an eating experience, underscoring the word experience. The steak is brought to you partially cooked on an 800-degree stone, and you do the rest. It's a ton of fun, it's a great meal, and it's a baseball atmosphere like no other in Pittsburgh. North Shore Tavern, right across Federal Street from PNC Park. Your front door. Your car. Your bike. Your computer. Your gun. 
Safety is a habit. Every day you lock and secure your home and everything you want to keep safe. Gun safety and responsible storage are no different and the best way to help prevent accidents, misuse, and theft. If you have a firearm, own it, respect it, and secure it. Visit ProjectChildSafe.org. Brought to you by the National Shooting Sports Foundation and the Bureau of Justice Assistance. Today's J1Q comes from Paul, who says, what's the role that losing takes in player development? Rising tides lift all boats, but do sinking ships bring everyone down? Too many players, too many GMs, too many coaches to pin this on anyone besides the owner who establishes that if you build it, I might come culture. He's supposed to lead. He's supposed to be engaged, establish accountability, and have urgency Paul, regarding your question about the role of losing in player development, A, I'm surprised anybody brings this up. It's something that I've thought about in the past, and I brought up once, and I do mean once, with Ben Charrington, because it became very clear to me how he felt about it after that, and I didn't exactly need a refresher course. It was when the Pirates had that really dramatic sweep in Los Angeles in 2022. Remember that? Out there at Dodger Stadium? Not only winning every game, but just cleaning the Dodgers' clocks. Pitching, hitting, fielding, base running, everything. It was just a a clinic. I still don't know how it happened, but it did. And... The team comes home right after that. I was in the middle of the week for a home series against the Diamondbacks, who at the time weren't all that great. And Charrington meets with reporters down by the dugout, not any scheduled thing or whatever. He was just hanging around and, you know, a bunch of us got around him. He's like, sure, let's talk. Yeah. Not a super common thing for him. So I'm thinking to myself, here's an opportunity for this executive, for this leader the literal leader of baseball operations, to say, hey, look at us. We're getting somewhere. We're not there yet, but we're getting somewhere. And that felt really good. And we were all very proud of that. We were leading Sports Center two nights in a row, three nights in a row, whatever it was. And it was it was a good, good thing. And what instead came out was just a whole lot of downplaying it. And I don't mean downplaying it out of some sense of false humility or like I just said a a moment ago, you know, the we're not there yet thing. No, he was actually downplaying it because, and I believe this, he didn't say this, it was so improbable that it defies and defied, in fact, the statistics and the measurements and all of the various predictions that you do hear him citing on a fairly regular basis. He did it just a week ago, again, referring to what a tough patch of the schedule and how he had not expected the Pirates to do well in that part of August. So, okay, everything went according to the spreadsheet and no big deal. So they go to L.A. and they played their hearts and souls out. Again, it's not just that they hit pitched. Fielded ran well. 
it was David Bednar going out there for 50 pitches. Remember that? To get the one safe because he would not let Derek Shelton take the ball from him in the dugout. That's when you stand up and say, hey, everybody, and I mean everybody, from Bradenton on up, did you see that? That's what we need to be, and we need to be that sooner rather than later. But he didn't. He talked about how all that matters is what they do against the Diamondbacks that weekend, and that weekend didn't go well. Memory serves, I think Arizona won two out of three. And just like that, come the following Monday, it was all gone. Poof. So, you tell me. I think I just answered your question. I appreciate it. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. Tomorrow.